Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Tonight we're going to be talking about don't sit in the darkness, okay? Uh, don't sit in the darkness. We're actually going to be going tonight uh, to the book of Isaiah and uh, chapter 55. It'll take just a moment to get there. But like many of you, I am occasionally uh, faced with some serious situations in my life that demand a decision. You know, many times the most difficult things we face are just one decision away. And we are the only people that can do anything about most of the things that we face. Uh, I, I can remember a friend of mine complaining. He would, he, he, he would just complain all the time about things at work, and, and he was the boss. <laughs> and, uh, and so one day, you know, I'd share with him, you know, uh, I, I, I think you need to get up and go back to your office because I think you're the only one that can do anything about it. Rather than sit here and complain, won't you go do something about it? You know, life demands decisions. And when we find ourselves unsatisfied, unhappy in, in, in situations that need to change, many times we are the only person that can do anything about it, and it's just a tough decision. You know, life is filled with some difficult decisions. At times I find myself with a lack of direction for the decisions that I need to make. Uh, knowing that a decision needs to be made, uh, sometimes I'm just not sure what to do. And, you know, uh, even after a lot of prayer and counsel, consideration, I still at times, just like you, am left with, I, I want to do what's best. I want to do what's right. I want to do what God wants me to do. And, uh, and, and, and uh, um, you know, I'm, I would be happy to do anything, but I'm not sure what to do. Well, I have, through the years, through the decades, it seems now, developed a habit of purposefully opening up myself to the inspiration of the Lord at nighttime. I have purposefully decided that God can speak to me because of a scripture that I ran across years ago, that God can speak to me better when I'm asleep many times than he can when I'm awake. Because when I'm awake, there's such competitive thoughts and emotions and feelings going on. And so I, I, I many times when I'm going to sleep, as is my custom when I lay my head on my pillow, is that I consciously ask God to speak to me in my nighttime and to give me answer or direction for something that I'm needing or, or wisdom. And, and uh, through the years, uh, uh, I have, I have uh, you know, awakened either in the nighttime or early morning. And in that moment, right there at consciousness, right there where you're just realizing you're awake, I try consciously and prayerfully to grab those first thoughts and to hold on to them uh, and, and to find out what the Lord has spoken to me. Because I know through the years that one word from God changes everything. I remember one instance about eight years ago just after my mother had passed away, I, uh, I began experiencing a lack of direction in some very small and minor areas of life. And it just seemed like I just was having a difficult time uh, finding out what God wanted me to do. It seemed like it was a, just a confused moment, a little fog. And it was nothing serious, nothing significant, nothing that really mattered to anyone else. Nonetheless, uh, I wanted to know what I could do to please God. I wanted to know what I could do to feel a sense of happiness in my decisions, a, a sense of satisfaction. I, I, I felt like
like maybe it because of my mother's passing. Maybe I, I, I was feeling just a little oppression or depression or, or just, 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 you know, a loss. or Whatever we go through in those moments, at any rate, I had lost some of my joy and my passion and my happiness. And it seemed like it was hard for me to grasp. I was going through the motions. But, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, you know, you know uh, cutting life with a dull knife. You know, it's just, it's just trudging through uh, the everyday, even though you don't, uh, you know, uh, you don't dislike it. Nonetheless, it's just not providing the energy that it once did. I, I was feeling that way, and I didn't know exactly what to do about it. And so, uh, I, but, but I, I, I wanted uh, some joy. You know, joy for the little things in your life makes the day go well. But when you're continually, you know, frustrated or aggravated or irritated and little things that they mount up driving down the road, you see, you, you, you realize that, that, that you have this resting sour face, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you just, you're just, you know, um, uh, you're, it's, it's, it's just not, well, anyway, it was a Tuesday night. It was November the 30th of 2010. How do I know it was a Tuesday night, November the 30th, 2010? Because I keep notes, okay? And uh, not only do I keep notes, I post them on the Internet. You could have went and read this yourself, okay? Uh, um, I was just wanting God to speak to me. And I remember uh, just laying down and when I went to bed and I prayed and I asked God, Lord, would you just speak to me, Lord? And the passage that I asked him to speak, the, the, the scripture that I use for this particular adventure with God when I'm needing direction is out of Job chapter 33, uh, 14 and 15. Uh, I've memorized it in the King James. I think it's up here in the New King James. But it says, uh, uh, for God speaks once, even twice. I think the New King James says God speaks in one way or another way. Yet man does not perceive it, but in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men while they slumber in their beds, he opens their ears and seals their instructions. Well, I believe this to be a principle. Uh, you know, my mother used to tell me as a young boy, why don't you sleep on it? Come on in, son. You know, you'll, 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 you'll feel better about it or you'll know what to do in the morning. Sleep on it. And uh, it, it's the same thing. You know, God opens our ears and seals our instructions while we are sleeping. I believe this. And so on December the 1st, I woke up early on that Wednesday morning and uh, I caught my first conscious thoughts. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. I believe it's the Lord that speaks to us in those moments. The Lord said... You shall go out with joy. Well, wow. I had asked him to speak to me about how I could get some joy in my life and about how I get some happiness and how I could get through the moment and trudge through life. You know, I just didn't want to go through the motions. I wanted, you know, energy and passion because I'm an energetic, passionate guy. And so uh, um, my mind immediately, when the Lord said, you shall go out with joy, it went to Isaiah 55 because I, I, I know that's where that scripture is. And I know that God speaks to me through his word. And every time I think I hear something from the Lord, I throw it up against his word to make sure the word confirms it because the Bible says do not believe every spirit but try the spirits and so I don't want to just be led around by some good thought you know by some you know um, uh, amazing quote I want to know that I have the word of God and so immediately when God said you shall go out with joy I threw it up against the word of God and and realized Isaiah 55 was there and so uh, while I was considering you know I I I you know I, I uh you know decided that I would read that. And while I was considering the passage, uh, I heard God speak again in my spirit and I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget it. 
And this is what the Lord said to me uh, that morning. Uh, Don't sit in darkness while light shines all around. Let me stop there just a moment. You know, you may not be having a good time, but there are some people all around you having a good time. There are things going on all around us. Good things, God things, wonderful things, happy things, joyful things. And many times we can be sitting in darkness even in the midst of other people having a good time. God's still God. God's still doing great things. Great things are happening. And so he said, don't sit in darkness while light shines all around. Get up and get involved in the joys of my work. Don't sell yourself to labor, but rather to harvest. Consider your first love and let me lead you with joy. To me, this meant that if you can't go out with joy, then don't go. You see, we need joy. We need to find our joy. When he said, don't sell yourself to labor, but rather to harvest, it exploded on the inside of me. You see, sometimes we are so focused on the work we have to do and the cost that we must bear and the things that are staring at us and screaming at us that we forget why we're doing them. We forget the harvest. You see, our joy is in the harvest. There's not always joy in the labor. When God spoke through Moses to the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, as it's recorded, he said, come. Come with me. I'm going to take you to a land of milk and honey where you will eat bread without scarceness and all your enemies will be subdued. Come on. Come with me to the promised land. You know, he told them about the vision. He told them about the destiny. But he didn't mention anything about the wilderness and the journey. You know, the joy is in Heaven, the joy is in harvest. The joy is in the promised land. But it is a journey to get there. And sometimes we can get so focused on the journey. We can get so focused on the labor that we lose sight of why we are working. We lose sight of what we are doing. Sometimes life can seem like it's so heavy that we lose sight of why we are carrying the cross. Well, just like Jesus, the book of Hebrews tell us, tells us in verse 2 that Jesus endured the cross because he saw something on the other side of it. It was a joy that was before him, set before him. He saw, Jesus saw eternity, and so even though he despised the shame and even though he didn't want to do it, even though it wasn't easy, even though it was hard, he endured the journey, he endured the labor, he endured the cost. Because there was a joy that he was focused on, a joy that, that, that was not yet here and embraceable, but he decided he would embrace the joy of a future that he did not now experience so that it would help him press through the moments he was in. Joy is not often found in the task. Joy is not often found in the labor at hand, but rather in the harvest which the labor brings. When there is no joy in the harvest, there will be no joy in the labor. Whenever we're not happy about where we're going, we won't be happy about going there. 
You know, if you dread and regret having to go to, um, to Louisiana, then probably every mile you're going to grimace. And every, you know, you're just not going to enjoy the journey when there is no joy in the destiny. But if we don't like where we're going, if we're not sure and certain, if we're not encouraged by our future, then how will we ever endure our today? We cannot afford to lose our focus. If we do, we are apt to lose our joy for the work to which God has called us. King David's greatest low in life, his lowest point in life in committing adultery with Bathsheba and the subsequent loss of their child. It was so difficult, and Nathan the prophet coming and correcting and rebuking David the king. David wrote Psalms 51, and in verse 12 of Psalms 51, David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You see, this is the restoration that we often need, is a restoration of joy. Joy in what? The joy in what ultimately God is doing in our life. Not necessarily in where we are or what we're going through, we don't embrace the difficult days. We don't uh, relish the, the, the moment, but we can look to the salvation that is being provided. We can look to the end and realize that what we are going to is worth what we are going through. King David realized that he had gotten his eyes off of what pleased God and he had focused on what pleased him. He realized that life was not worth living any longer when all I'm doing is just trying to please myself, when all I'm doing is just trying to please my flesh, when all I'm doing is just focused on me and what I want and, and mine and what I can get and what I can do. You know, when, when, when life becomes all about me, it can dull very quickly because we cannot promise ourselves what God can promise us. It can be a dangerous thing to seek temporal pleasures, temporal wealth, or temporal happiness because temporary pleasures can leave us feeling so empty. Have you found Isaiah 55 yet? Let's begin to read with verse 1. Ho! <laughs> I like that. That's just something about that. Ho! <laughs> Listen up. Everybody who is thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine, milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. You know, it's, you know, the days of life should be good. But if all we have are the days of life, we're spending our money on things that cannot satisfy. We're spending our time, our energy on temporary things that will fade away. But he says here that when we come and buy of him those things which last uh, that will be real joy. Verse 3, incline your ear, he says, and come to me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Oh, what a deal. You see, that morning when I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, you shall go out with joy, 
And I thought about Isaiah 55. I got up and wrote down what the Lord had said to me. And then I uh, washed my face. I went to the Word and I found Isaiah 55. And I began to read uh, what God, uh, uh, I felt like what God was saying. And, you know, uh, he answered my prayer. Why wouldn't I give him the time? I mean, he spoke to me. Why wouldn't I give him the time for me to follow up on that? And so, uh, you know, and by the way, Isaiah 55 is the most beautiful an open invitation for sinners from all walks of life, you know, rich or poor, whoever you are, whether you have money or not. It's, it's an open invitation for sinners to come to Messiah and receive the everlasting provisions of the Messiah. God's mercy and God's grace and salvation. Come one, come all, he says, rich or poor. The unrighteous and the wicked come freely, he said, and you will receive your pardon uh, you know, uh, by the way, God does not think like we think. God thinks so much different than what we think. Let's look at verse 6 in Isaiah 55 and continue from there. He continues, seek the Lord while he may be found. Boy, have you ever thought about that? You know, you can find God right now. If there's something you're going through and you need God, well, find him right now. Seek him while he can be found. You can find him right now. He will help you right now. Don't put off seeking the Lord. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void, uh, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, I read all that. Understanding that the Lord was offering salvation to anyone. That the Lord was offering mercies, the sure mercies. That the Lord was offering something that, that he could see that I could not see. That he wasn't thinking like I was thinking. That he was thinking so far above. He was wanting me to look a lot farther down the road in my life because he understood that what I was going through with the loss of my mother at that time and what anyone may be going through at any moment in their life, whether it perhaps is the loss of a job or, or, or maybe it's age and stage related or maybe it's just that, that you've been going a long time and, and, and you haven't stopped to pray. You haven't stopped to worship. You hadn't really had a good God experience in a while. Sometimes life, family, marriage, finances, job, church, sometimes things can get dull. And if we aren't watchful, we can feel as though that those things don't carry the same meaning that they once did. But if we would not sit in the darkness, not sit in our own darkness, while all around us people are coming to Christ. You know, as a... Uh, 
As a pastor, I have to realize that every week people are getting saved. And it's just as enlightening and joyful and impacting. It's just as new and fresh and, 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 and you know, exciting to them in that moment as it was to me in that moment. You know, Royce, every time somebody gets saved, it's just as life-changing to them as it was to you all those years ago. Royce hadn't lost the passion because he keeps seeing people get born again. But sometimes when people get saved, they can, or when they get married, or when they get a job, they can be so excited about that moment, or when they start school, or when they get a new car, or anything else in life, you can be so excited for that moment, so happy for that moment, but as you continue to go along in life, life just gets less exciting because we don't necessarily stop, look forward, look back to appreciate what it was, you know, what, what was it like when I didn't have a job? What was it like when I didn't have money? What was it like when I didn't have a visa? <laughs> that should keep you happy for a few years. Uh, <laughs> what was it like, um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and looking forward to the realities of salvation. I realized that I was in a place of sadness. I was in a place where my moment was not going to change quickly. But God, nonetheless, was offering me salvation, offering me mercies, offering me a chance to, 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 to step out of the weight, the burden, the sadness that, 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 that I was experiencing. He was offering me something that required me to step out of my darkness and into the light that was shining all around me. And it was just going to take a change in my focus. I was going to have to stop paying so much attention to my problem and start paying a little more attention to what God was bringing me to, not what I was going through but what I was going to. Sometimes we just can't be happy with our moment. But we can always find joy in Christ. Verse 12, this is what the Lord has said, for you shall go out with joy. You know, that's an imperative. That's written, uh, I, I almost dared to read it to you in Old English, like, you know, the Beowulf Old English. I, I, I had it written out, but it sounds, it's just boring to many people. But it, it is connected to an imperative for you shall go out with joy. God knows that there is such joy in my future. God sees the end from the beginning. And just like Jesus endured the cross because he saw what God saw, he saw what God had, he saw what he's going to and not just focused on what he was going through. For you shall go out with joy and you shall be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. God's giving me a picture of what is going to happen and what I can be happy and what I can be joy-filled about. And he's saying that and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Indeed, this is our future. He continues, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Oh my goodness, I'm looking for that day. 
I'm looking for that day whenever when I plant, the harvest will be right there. Abundant harvest, an expectation fulfilled. Not what the earth would give me, not what the curse would give me, not what the labor gives me in the sweat of my brow, but rather the absolute fulfillment of God's salvation for the things that we touch. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. I am so glad that one day I will get to a place where trouble can no longer stop me, affect me. Disappointment won't shut me down. Worry won't attack me. Sickness won't, won't slow me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the everlasting sure mercies of David the pardon of the Lord, the salvation which comes from Christ. Just as David cried out to God to restore the joy of his salvation, just like Jesus prayed in his greatest hour of need and he found joy that helped him get through a moment, we too can cry out to God. We too can call upon God even in a moment of difficulty, even in a moment of sin, even in a moment that we have been our own worst enemy, a problem that perhaps we contribute to. Nonetheless, we can crawl out to the Lord and cry out to God because the joy of the Lord is our strength and God can restore, as I experienced that time, God can restore the joy of the salvation that he has promised us. And we can not only endure, but we can rise to the moment, step out of the darkness, you see, God desires that we be filled with joy, not only for the destiny, but joy for the journey. He wants us to be filled with joy because he knows the joy of the Lord is our strength. I close by encouraging us to focus not just on the labor alone, but focus on the harvest we must look to the harvest to find strength for our labor. Life, unfortunately, is not all about us. It may affect us, but it's not about us. There are souls lost and dying, going to hell. There are people who are in difficulties all around us, and God is asking them to step out of their darkness into the light that is all around them. Don't sit in darkness while light shines all around. Get up and get involved in the work of the Lord. Get involved in the joy that comes with accomplishing God's work, doing God's work. Don't sell yourself to labor, but sell yourself for the harvest. Life can be work, but the rewards of trusting and obeying and following the Lord, giving Him your burdens. The rewards are eternal, but they'll give us strength for the day. Amen.